can always find hope in him. Amen. We'll be going back to the book of Acts this morning, going back to the book of Acts. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, the studies that we've been doing in the book of Acts and continuing to work our way through. I was telling someone last week, it is amazing to me how often, whenever you just teach through the Word of God, how applicable the messages are. Boy, I'm telling you what, you're just teaching through and you preach a message and it just fits the occasion. You know what that proves to me? It proves to me that God's Word is alive. It is real. It is applicable. It's not just a book, but it is the Word of God. And so uh, we will be continuing uh, in Acts chapter number 10 this morning. In the beginning of Acts chapter number 10, as we looked at last week, we looked at the thought of crossing social boundaries with the gospel. And we looked at how that uh, Peter, of course, uh, as a Jew, uh, uh, there was a, a mental block uh, as far as taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Although God had said uh, that Jesus would be a light to the Gentiles, although uh, we had seen already some instances where uh, the gospel had gone to the Gentiles, the Jews still had this mental block. Uh, they felt that the Messiah was only for them, and they were hesitant to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And we seen last week in the beginning of Acts chapter number 10 how that God gave to Cornelius or to Peter a vision. <clears throat> And in the vision was a sheet left down. Uh, and in that sheet were all types uh, of unclean animals. And Peter uh, said, Lord, I can't partake of these. I can't eat of these. Uh, they are unclean. And the Lord three times uh, told Peter, do not call that unclean or uncommon, which I have called clean. And then immediately some servants came from Cornelius, who was a Roman, uh, a Gentile, uh, uh, who had also seen a vision. And in Cornelius's vision, uh, an angel had told him to send some messengers to get Peter. And God was orchestrating a divine appointment. He had a sinner who was seeking a Savior and he had primed a preacher with the gospel. And the Lord brought Peter and Cornelius together. And the Lord taught us a truth last week from Acts chapter number 10 about the importance of taking the gospel across social boundaries to not allow our differences and our different personalities and our different backgrounds and our different nationalities to cause a barrier in sharing the gospel, but that we should be willing to share the gospel with every person. Now in the remainder of Acts chapter number 10, we come to the actual account of when Peter got to the house of Cornelius uh, and Peter shared the gospel and Cornelius and his household received uh, the word of God. And so this morning we're going to take just a few minutes uh, and we're going to look uh, at this account here in Acts chapter number 10. Now as we've seen uh, previously, and now this goes back, uh, I believe we were looking at some of this even before the Christmas season, uh, we've seen that in Acts chapter number 9 and Acts chapter number 10, the Lord recorded the specifics of three conversions. Now we know that hundreds... Even thousands of people were being saved at this point in church history. Uh, but for some reason, the Lord gave us the specifics uh, of three conversions. One of those conversions uh, uh, was that of the Ethiopian eunuch. One of those conversions was that of Simon the sorcerer. And then the third conversion is that of Cornelius uh, the centurion, who we are looking at now. In each account, in each of these accounts, we're told specific doctrines concerning salvation. With the Ethiopian eunuch, we are taught the doctrine of baptism. With Simon the sorcerer, we are taught that the Holy Spirit 
is not for sale. Here in the account of Cornelius, we're taught two things. Uh, first, we are taught the unlimited availability of the gospel to whosoever will. And secondly, we receive an explanation of how the gospel is received. Last week we looked at God's message to Peter uh, to take the gospel uh, and now this week we're going to be looking at the process uh, of someone sharing and someone receiving and obeying the gospel. So read with me in Acts chapter number 10. We're going to begin our reading in in verse number 34 and we'll read down through the end of the chapter. The Bible says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. This is Peter. He's beginning his message to the people that are waiting for him there at Cornelius' house. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain Days. Here in verse 34 down through verse number 48, we see three things concerning the conversion of Cornelius. We see three things. We see Peter's preaching uh, which led to the people believing uh, which resulted in a demonstration of the power of God and the power of the gospel. With the Lord's help, I want to take a few minutes to look at each of these and what they reveal to us concerning the doctrine of salvation. Let's pray and we'll get into the message. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, it is so good. Lord, to have your people back in your house. Lord, it is good to be able to broadcast the message over the airways. Lord, those that are uncomfortable or unable to be here, Lord, are able to partake of the service also. Lord, it is good to be able to gather together around your word. And Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, dear Lord, for the answers that are found in your word. And Father, I pray as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, Lord, concerning the receiving of the gospel, that Father, Lord, I pray that you 
you will help us to understand uh, what it means, uh, uh, Lord, to receive the gospel, to receive salvation. Uh, uh, Father, Lord, that it will help us uh, uh, to understand, uh, Lord, how to share the gospel with other people. And Father, I thank you for it. I pray you bless now in the message. Thank you for each one that is here. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. The uh, first thing that we see in this passage of Scripture, starting there in verse number 34, uh, is uh, Peter's preaching. Here we have uh, from verse 34 down to verse number 43, uh, uh, we have a, an account uh, of a sermon that Peter uh, uh, preached uh, unto the people. Peter was preaching uh, to the people. Now, I don't know about you, but it does seem to me that Peter was just getting warmed up uh, at about verse number 43. Uh, he was just getting ready to take off and preach, uh, but the Holy Spirit... Uh, interrupted the message. You know, it's never a bad thing whenever the Holy Spirit interrupts our programming. It is never a bad thing when the Holy Spirit intervenes. As we see here, though, that Peter was preaching after the initial greeting there with Cornelius. Peter wasted no time getting to the message. He wasted no time telling the people what they wanted to hear. There are four things in his message that Peter pointed out to the household of Cornelius. The first thing we see in in verse 34 and 35, I guess you could say the first point of Peter's message was the provision of salvation. Now Peter had seen the vision, but not everyone was aware of everything that had went on. And as Peter got to Cornelius' house and he realized what God was trying to tell him, and that was that the gospel is available for everyone. So Peter opened his message and began preaching by telling the people of the provision of of salvation. It says Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. You and I may be a respecter of person. There may be groups. There may be cliques. There may be organizations that only accept certain types of people. But when it comes to sharing the gospel and when it comes to the message of salvation, God is no respecter of person. But salvation is available to whosoever ever will. Peter said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted him. Here in verse number 35, Peter is saying that every nation who will turn from themselves and turn to God will be accepted of God. There will never be a case of God withholding salvation from anyone who seeks Him. Never be a case of God withholding salvation. It is available to all. And just as Peter obeyed God and took the gospel message to these Roman Gentiles, you and I ought to be willing to do whatever is necessary, to use whatever means is available to get the gospel to the lost world. It is what God has called us to do. Peter began his message by assuring the household of Cornelius that the gospel was available to whosoever will. And then Peter moved on to preach that this gospel, which is available to all, brings with it the promise of peace. You know, if there's one thing that this world wants, if there's one thing that every individual longs for, if there's one thing that people think and seem to feel that they cannot find, it is peace within themselves. 
Cornelius was a man who was seeking this peace. Uh, Cornelius is a man who had come to understand uh, uh, Judaism. He lived there amongst the Jews uh, and he had come to get an idea of what Judaism was about uh, and he had begun to be religious uh, and began to practice some of the parts uh, of Judaism uh, knowing that there was a need on the inside of him to connect with his creator and he was seeking for peace but he could not find peace when Peter began preaching Peter said, what I'm getting ready to tell you about is the salvation that brings with it a promise of inner peace. He said in verse number 36, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Peter declares the benefit of this gospel and the benefit is that it promises to bring peace to those that put their faith in him. In John 16, 33, Jesus was speaking Jesus says there in John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. As long as you live in this world, as long as you look at the course of this world, as long as you see what is going on in this world, you will see constant tribulation. But the Lord says, I will bring you peace because I have overcome the world. It is not out of control. It's not running rampant. I am still in control. I have overcome the world and I can bring peace into your soul. Cornelius was seeking this peace. As a matter of fact, all of mankind are seeking for this peace. I believe that God has put in the soul of every human being, regardless of who or where they are, a hunger for peace. And this hunger for peace drives people to look for an answer. It drives people to look for an answer to their questions. And they, But they are in a world that is filled with all kinds of ideologies. It's filled with all kinds of philosophies. It's filled with all kinds of interpretations of who God is and what the Bible means. And they are seeking for an answer. And many times when we look at their life and the way that they're living, we may feel that that person has no interest whatsoever in God when in reality what we're seeing is a person who is trying to understand all the things that have come their way the the philosophies and the thoughts and the theories that are in their mind and they are trying to find a direction but what is driving it is a desire for peace. Peter said to Cornelius, he said what I'm preaching to you today is that there is a savior who can bring peace to your soul. After confirming that the gospel was available for everyone and declaring the promise of peace to all that believe, Peter then began to present some facts that validated that Jesus was indeed the promised Messiah. We see that first of all, he looked at the power of Jesus' ministry, the power of Jesus' ministry. It says there in verse number 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the first thing Peter did is Peter said, this gospel is for everybody, so it applies to you. The second thing he did, he said, the gospel that I'm about to preach to you will bring peace to your soul. The third thing that he did was he began to look at the life 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Three things that he pointed out about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He pointed out, first of all, that he was anointed by God. He said there how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. First of all, he acknowledges that Jesus was sent from God. He was the Savior of the world. Second of all, he pointed out that the life of Jesus Christ was a life marked with the good that he did. He said, who went about doing good, a lamb without spot and without blemish, someone who was capable to wash away the sins of the whole world. And then he pointed out why he came. He said there in verse, the last part of verse number 38, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. We see that Jesus was anointed by God. We see that Jesus was a man whose life was marked with the good that he did. And then thirdly, we see that he came to deliver mankind from the clutches of the devil. Peter said, I want to tell you a little bit about this person. I want to tell you a little bit about Jesus of Nazareth. Now it's very likely that Cornelius knew who Jesus was, that he had heard of this Jesus of Nazareth. He lived there amongst the Jews. It hadn't been that long since Jesus had lived. It's very likely he had heard about him. But Peter is explaining how who Jesus was applies directly to Cornelius's need. You know what, the world is full of people who have heard about Jesus. But you and I need to do the job of explaining to them how Jesus applies to them and what he can do for them. Peter does this by saying the gospel applies to you. You know what, there's a lot of people who feel that the gospel doesn't apply to them. They've been too bad. They've gone too far. Whatever reason, no, the gospel applies to you. The gospel is available. The gospel will bring peace. The gospel comes uh, through Jesus Christ. And then Peter further validated that Christ was the Savior of the world through the proof of his resurrection. Not only did his life prove who he was, but his resurrection proves who he is. In verse number 39, And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive Remission of sin. Peter proclaimed to Cornelius the unjust death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, dying for the sins of mankind. He then proclaimed to Cornelius the undeniable resurrection of the dead, proven by all the witnesses that had seen him and that had, had witnessed his resurrection, had eaten with him and knew that he had risen from the dead. And then Peter presented the message of hope that anyone who believed in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ would receive forgiveness, pardons, deliverance from the power and the penalty of their sin. Boy, what a powerful message. Peter said the gospel is available to everybody. 
Peter said, the gospel will bring peace to your soul. The gospel is available through a man who lived here on this earth, who was sent by God, who lived a spotless life, who came to deliver people from the clutches of the devil. And we know that he is the one because his life verified it, his death verified it, his resurrection verified it. This is the man that can bring deliverance into your life. He said, and the way that you get it is by believing on him and in Anyone who believes on him will receive remission of sin. That word remission means deliverance, forgiveness, pardon, freedom, liberty. Their sins will be wiped away, gone forever. All you have to do is believe that he is the one that can deliver you. Peter presented to these people who Jesus was, why he came, and what he offered and how to receive it. And in verse number 44, we see that Cornelius needed no prompting. Cornelius didn't need anything else. He didn't need any further explanation. Cornelius was ready. Cornelius immediately responded with complete, wholehearted belief. In verse number 44, we see evidence of the people believing. Now this is probably the shortest, most abbreviated account of receiving the gospel that you'll ever find anywhere. Because in verse number 44, verse number 1, the Bible says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Matter of fact, we don't see anything here uh, that tells us uh, what Cornelius did. We don't have anything here uh, that tells us what actions Cornelius took. Uh, No, what we have here is Peter is preaching uh, and Peter is revealing the truth uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is revealing uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is the only one uh, that can secure your eternity. He is revealing that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is the only one that can give peace to your soul. Uh, He is revealing uh, that there is nothing you can do There is no amount of work. There is no amount of labor. There is no amount of good deeds that you can do that will ever merit heaven for you. The only way that you will ever get to heaven is believing on the finished work of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the way that you receive salvation is by believing that Jesus can do what he said he could do. And while Peter was yet preaching, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard. This is the simplest explanation of receiving the gospel that you'll ever find. Because the people simply believed. They heard the word and they believed what Peter said about the Lord Jesus Christ. They listened and they believed. We see two things that took place here. They received the word. First of all, they listened. They comprehended. They didn't question. They didn't doubt. They didn't argue. They didn't try to disprove. Peter had brought them a message of hope and they received it with open ears. The second thing that we see that happened here is after they received the word, they responded to the word. Peter told them in verse number 43 that whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. And in verse number 43 we see that they followed Peter's instruction and they believed on him. Peter gave the invitation and the people responded. Peter explained what needed to be done and the people obeyed. 
This wasn't a long, drawn-out process. This didn't require a long list of actions that Cornelius had to perform in order to prove his sincerity. All that was required to receive remission of sin was to turn loose of all of his previous efforts to earn his righteousness and believe in Christ's ability to wash away his sin. That is what was required for salvation. These people heard the word and they responded to the word. Whenever we think about salvation, we need to understand that salvation is not something we earn. Somehow in our human mind we have this concept that there must be something that I have to do. I thank the Lord that there is nothing that I have to do. Because if it depended on something that I had to do, uh, there would never be a chance uh, of me to enter into eternity. You say, well, Pastor John, aren't you a good person? Yes, I do my best to live a good life. Uh, I do my best to follow the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, I do my best uh, to do what the Bible teaches. Uh, But whenever you compare my righteousness uh, with the righteousness of God, uh, I am uh, as filthy rags uh, and there is nothing in my life uh, that will ever merit me a home in heaven. Whenever you think about salvation, you must realize there is nothing you can do that will earn salvation. It is not something we earn. It is something we accept. It is not something we can accomplish on our own. It is something that is provided by Christ and given to us as a gift that we do not deserve. That is salvation. Whether or not we have salvation depends on what Christ did in providing salvation. All that is required to receive salvation is to repent and believe. Repentance is recognizing our inability and realizing His Provision. You say, now wait a minute, Pastor John, there in the passage you said that they simply believe. What I'm getting ready to explain to you is that repentance and belief are hand in hand. There cannot be true belief without there being repentance. And there can't be repentance without there being belief. Whenever Cornelius believed, repentance was interwoven in that belief. And I'll show you that. Repentance is recognizing my inability and realizing his provision. Repentance it acknowledges my own sinfulness and His holiness. Repentance is realizing that in my fallen sinful state there is no way that I could ever earn salvation on my own and so I look to the one who can provide salvation. That is repentance. Turning from self and turning from God and that goes hand to hand with the other component of salvation which is belief. Believing with all my heart that Jesus is the Savior. Believing with all my heart that He is able to secure my eternity, that He does love me, that His Word and His will is the best way for me to live my life and acting on that belief. That is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is salvation. Believing that Jesus died for you. Believing that He can provide salvation. Believing that His blood can wash away the guilt of our sin and turning from ourselves and turning to Him for salvation. There's nothing we can add to or take away from this salvation. It is complete in Him. 
There are people, though, who say they are Christians, who believe that Jesus is real, but their salvation profession in their mind was just another work to merit their own goodness. If you're doing anything to prove to God how good you are, you've not come to a point of belief. A point of belief is realizing I have nothing. God, will you in your mercy save a sinful soul like me? That is salvation. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what took place in the life of Cornelius. He heard the word, he believed the word, and he immediately received God's gift of salvation. In verse 44 down through verse number 48, we see that his belief resulted in the power of the gospel being demonstrated. Here in these verses, we see three proofs of their salvation. First of all, it was demonstrated through the receiving of the Spirit. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Here we see that immediately upon believing, these Christians received the Holy Ghost. Now here in the book of Acts, if you've been following along as we've been teaching through the book of Acts, we see the progression of the Holy Spirit's ministry. In Acts chapter number 2, the Jews believed and had to be baptized in order to receive the Spirit. In Samaria, they believed and were baptized, but didn't receive the Spirit until the apostles came and laid their hands on them. Uh, but here in Acts chapter number 10, uh, we see yet another thing, and that is that the moment they believed, they received the Holy Spirit, and then afterwards uh, were baptized. In Ephesians 1 and verse number 13, we find that this is now how the Spirit works in every conversion. Uh, we receive the Spirit at salvation. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, In whom ye also trusted, uh, after that ye heard the word of truth, uh, the gospel of your salvation. Catch this now. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. We see here in Acts chapter number 10 that they believed and received the Spirit. And that is the way that it works whenever you believe. You are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Then in verse 47 and 48, we see that their salvation was also demonstrated through the testimony Baptism. Back a few uh, a few weeks ago, we preached an entire sermon on baptism and what baptism means. And we see again the importance of baptism. Peter said in verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Upon believing, Cornelius gave public testimony of his belief by following the Lord in believers' baptism letting the world know that he had decided to follow Christ. Baptism was not his salvation. Baptism didn't secure his eternity. Baptism was his testimony to the world that he had decided to follow Jesus, that he had decided to live his life for him. It was a public testimony, and he obeyed God in baptism. And lastly, we see the genuineness of their belief because of the hunger for the word. In the last part of verse 48, it says, Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. 
Cornelius wasn't content with just hearing the message of salvation. After he became a Christian and was baptized, uh, he had a desire to know more about his Savior. You know, I believe one of the best indicators of whether or not uh, a person is born again is whether or not there is a hunger to know more about their Savior. Is there a hunger? Is there a longing? Is there a desire to know and to grow and to learn and to know more about the Savior? Cornelius received, he believed, and he obeyed the gospel because Peter was willing to take the gospel to whosoever will. This morning I see two applications in this passage of Scripture. One is, are we taking the gospel to whosoever will? Are we using whatever means available to get the gospel to the lost of this world? Are we telling a world without hope about a Savior that can bring peace to their soul? Are we answering the questions of those who are seeking to find the truth? Then the second application I see is to the lost. and That is this question, have you received the gospel? Have you believed and obeyed the truth of the Word of God? Have you stopped relying on your own goodness and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? His gospel is available to you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you've done, His gospel is available to you. All you have to do is receive what He's given to you. I'm going to ask each of you to stand there where you are this morning. Miss Debbie's going to come and play on the piano. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, maybe you say, I need to do better about taking the gospel of peace to those in need of a Savior. And you want to come this morning and say, Lord, work in my heart that I can do what you have called us to do and take the good news of the gospel to a lost and dying world. Perhaps you're here this morning, perhaps you're listening in online, and you have never yet received the gospel. Let me tell you this morning, the gospel is available for you. It's offered by a Savior who can give peace to your soul. There's no better opportunity to accept the gospel than today. As Miss Debbie plays, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you come.
being here this morning. I pray, Lord, use this message to challenge our heart. Maybe it answers some questions in your heart about salvation. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Maybe it challenges you to take the gospel to someone that you've been hesitant to share them with. Whatever it is, I pray that the Lord uses this to work in your heart. Maybe you have questions. Go to whatdoyouwonder.com and say, Pastor John, can you answer this question? You can also call me, text me, come by and see me. Let me know. Hey, I need to know more about what the Bible says about this subject. And we'll do our best to help you understand how you can have peace uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're going to dismiss here just a second the word of prayer. I do encourage you uh, to pick up some of the uh, business cards, bumper stickers, or the yard signs and uh, put those out. Let the, get, start getting this out and so folks will start visiting that website and give us opportunity to share the gospel with someone. I will be in the back, uh, but don't feel like you have to shake my hand. If you stick your hand out first, I'll shake your hand, but otherwise uh, I'll just nod at you as you go out. do appreciate each of you being here this morning. Brother Corey, would you mind dismissing some word of prayer?